Oh, good morning. How are you all doing? Oh, yeah, some of you are good. <laughs> and hello to those online. So good to have you here. Um, yeah, just feeling like there's this anticipation, a sense of anticipation, like, oh, we get to come and meet with God. And why don't you just start tuning yourself into that right now? You get to come and meet with God. You get to come and look him in the face and declare his goodness and praise him for who he is, thank him for what he's done, bless him for what he's going to do. You get to enter into this atmosphere of worship together as a body and we get to change the atmosphere in this place and in this city by looking at God and knowing him for who he is and declaring that out loud. And so God, we just thank you that every week we get to do this. Every week we get to come and look at you and know you for who you are and declare it into the atmosphere and praise and honor your name. And we are so blessed to do that today. And so we come close to you, God, and we even begin to worship now with all the fullness that is in us, with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our strength, we will come and we will worship you and we will declare that today is all about you. We love you, Lord, and we worship you today. In Jesus' name, amen. And it's Chris's birthday. Never give your wife the mic, right? I didn't think about that one. You know, just as she was saying that, I, I just had a glimpse, and I got to share this glimpse. I literally saw Jesus walking right up to the front of the church, and, and right away I just felt, what would you do if that's what he was doing right now? What would your posture be if you literally seen him walking through those doors right now, making his way, and starting to walk to the front of this church? Because let me tell you something. He is here. He is here, so let's make sure our posture is just that. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, our Savior, our King is in this room. So let's honor him. Let's worship him. Let's give him everything we have. Amen. Just as this song is, is going and talking about speaking the name of Jesus over fear and anxiety. I just want to share something that happened with me this week. So we're doing this, the church is doing a 40-day fast, and I just felt for me, um, God was saying, I want you to share or pray with somebody every day. And uh, so I went out to this this property, I was doing a home evaluation, and this guy that I was talking to, he's, he's got really bad legs, he could hardly walk around his property, he's, there was just a ton of problems, and he lost his wife. And earlier in my, like a year ago, I, I felt like I was supposed to pray for somebody that I was speaking to about real estate. And I had chickened out because I didn't want to lose the client. And after I walked away from there, I said, God, I, I don't want to sacrifice my faith to gain money. So anyways, fast forward to Thursday night and I'm out and I just asked this guy, I'm like... I see you're struggling to walk, and I know that God can heal you. Can I pray for you? I didn't know he was going to react or anything. He was kind of a hard guy. 
but he, he just jumped right on board. And so I prayed, and normally when I pray, it's really calm and whatever, but I just felt like I needed to curse this stuff that was in his body. So I started cursing it, and he's jumping on board with me. Like, it was, it was the coolest thing ever. But there was such anxiety inside me to do that. It was even... I know I share a lot about praying for people, but it's so, it's still every time, it's so hard to get past myself because I'm so worried about what they think. And I just, I had that scripture that come to mind in First uh, John 4 where it says, if, if you love, so, for, sorry, I'm going to go back. Jesus said the, the most important command is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And the second is equally important to love your brother as yourself. And then in 1 John 4, it says, if anybody says they love God but hates their brother, they do not love God. And so we have a whole world of brothers out there that we need to love. So I've been asking God to increase that, increase that in me. So I, I'm not going to lie. I still chicken out sometimes. I still get anxiety. But I went through this most amazing experience with this guy where he ended up crying at the end of our prayer. He was, he was breaking down and he goes, I, just, I know I had a conversation with my neighbor. I know that there are angels and that there's a God. And I said, yeah, it's all real, man. There's God. There's a devil. That's why you have this stuff in your body. And he goes, but I just don't know how God could let this happen. Sorry. God could let this happen to my wife and I just broke right there for him because I just felt God's overwhelming love for this guy and I've been asking for that for so long and so God I just ask right now Father your word says a perfect love casts out fear and that if we've experienced your love that it there is no fear inside of us and so God I ask that your love would just come and your perfect love would overpower right now and that anxiety would just wash away over top of us, God, because we would have your love in us, God, that we would have your love that casts out all fear, Lord, and that anxiety would go, and that when we hear your voice, that we would obey, and we would run, and we would follow, God, because we have your love, and we have what this world needs, Lord. We just totally stand in agreement, Lord. And we say, Lord, would you release this boldness, this holy boldness in this hour, the thing absolutely so required. Would you release it over Tyson's life? Would you release it over those, Lord, who know that they're called? This is an hour to pray for healing. This is an hour to pray for hope. This is an hour to take authority over depression. This is an hour for this strategy. So, Lord, let let. Tyson be a prototype. Let Tyson be a first fruits of what you are releasing, even in this church and even in this uh, region, Lord, of a holy boldness, a holy awareness, a holy anointing to pray into people's lives. Um, so it's really fascinating the way that the brain works. Uh, they've discovered that uh, when we think thoughts, it creates real estate in our brain. And, and the more real estate that's established in our brains, the more our body responds to the messages that that real estate in our brains, the messages it's sending, to the point where you can think yourself into heart disease and digestive issues and anxiety and depression 
uh, bipolar disorder, etc. And, you know, that's a really sobering thought to think that if I spend my life dwelling on negative thoughts, I could actually change my body. I could change my life for the worse. And I, as we were worshiping here and singing the name of Jesus, I just heard God, the voice of God say to me, I want to heal brains today. I want to move in to that real estate that's been in people's brains and just um, send it a message that it's time to go. An eviction notice. And um, I just feel a real conviction to actually pray for every brain in the room. And uh, that, that might sound a little strange because here we are in a place of the spirit. But what if the real estate in our brains is interrupting our ability to fully enter in to the truth that's being sung right now? What if the real estate in our brains actually keeps us from moving in a spirit of unity that could actually change our city? And so today, there is healing in the room for your brain. And all I would ask is that you would just surrender to that healing and that you would turn away from any shame that would say, oh, it's my fault that I thought all these thoughts and now my brain is the way it is. God wants us to turn to him. We're being invited to look at Jesus And so I believe that as I pray this prayer right now, your brain is going to change. And whatever dysfunction has been able to stick to you because of what's going on in your brain can be released from you from here forward. So I'm going to pray. And if this is something that you need and want, you know just agree with this prayer. If it isn't, why don't you add your faith to mine that there are people in the room that need this and that what's going to happen is that we're going to take this healing and bring it to the city next. So Lord, I thank you so much that when we were in our mother's womb, you knit us together. Every single cell in our brains, you saw and you stitched together. And you had a plan and a purpose for our brains. And God, I thank you so much that even right now you have a plan and a purpose for our brains. And right now I just ask that you would come into the space of our brains and you would touch them. Any real estate that doesn't belong there that the enemy has been using for his dumping grounds, we now speak an eviction notice in Jesus' name. We will not allow it in our brains anymore in Jesus' name. And we just take the sword of the Lord and we we bring it to the root of this and we cut it off in Jesus' name. And I declare that any ungodly attachment to that real estate would be cut off right now in Jesus' name. And I speak health and wholeness into the brain. And I speak that the mind of Christ is going to speak into our brains and set us free from depression and anxiety and mental illness and distress and dysfunction 
and a foggy mind. And right now I speak the clarity of the Lord into your mind. I speak the healing of the Lord into your brain. I speak the healing of the Lord into your body. I speak for healthy, quick synapses to happen right now in the name of Jesus. I speak creative miracles in the name of Jesus Christ. I speak healing and wholeness in Jesus' name. That we will never be the same after today in Jesus' name. That we have the mind of Christ and it heals us from all of our distress and disease. And I declare this now under the blood of Jesus Christ. And we thank you, Lord, that we can worship freely and that we can be so whole in you. Thank you, Lord. So let's turn our attention to him. Just one look. So, Father, we turn our attention to you. We, we look at you right now, Father. You are the answer. You are the solution. You are everything. Jesus, everything changes. Jesus. You know, there was a book written a long time ago called The Battle for the Mind. I believe it was Joyce Myers who wrote it. And one of the greatest weapons the enemy uses is our thought life. He comes after our thoughts. He tries to distort our thoughts. He tries to own our thoughts. He tries to put us in a prison with just our thoughts alone. And if he can get to that place where he is destroying our lives just by our thought life because the enemy knows the word of God as well as a man thinks in his heart so he is the enemy knows that if he could get you thinking on things that are not true it will paralyze us and shut us down but today we declare that the Word of God is our source, that we are free, we are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, every chain is broken, healing is available right now, everything we need in the kingdom is at our disposal right at this very second. So Father, right now we come and we say no to these thoughts, we say no to the lies of the enemy that tries to hold us down, tries to paralyze us, tries to shut us down as believers, tries to plant doubt inside our mind. Today we say no to those thoughts in Jesus' name. And we partner with you, Father. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, loved by our God this very day. And the healing is in front of us. The breakthrough is in front of us. As we turn our attention to him, he turns his gaze towards us, and everything changes. Can we say amen? Amen. Thank you, Father. So a very special lady who we all love dearly and who has poured into me for the last years, years. I'm 36, and as long as I can remember, this couple has been in my life, Um, and they 
faithfully poured out into a generation uh, in this body um, and in this community and continually are pouring into generations. Um, and the legacy from the faithfulness, I hear the phrase, is heard around the world. Um, and, uh, and so normally Jim comes up and speaks and Gaylene hops up and down. Um, but this morning, Gaylene's going to come and speak, and Jim's going to hop up and down. <laughs> so, we love you. We're excited. I love you. Good morning. I just want it open so that I can remind myself where I'm going when I get lost in my thoughts. <laughs> oh. It's interesting, at the end of the worship time... I, I heard and I pictured uh, Saul, king. I'm, I'm not sure if this was before he was the king or while he was the king, but he entered into a realm of the spirit and of prophecy, and he became a different man. And the spirit of God is here. He is here. And so, God, we draw on the Spirit of the Lord right now. God, you can come and change us, and we can become different men, different women. We can be totally transformed by you. Spirit of God, I'm thankful that you are revelation and that you bring revelation of Jesus. So I ask even today that... um, As I speak, you would be more than my words. Yeah. That you would bring light to the eyes, hope to the heart, and shift us so that we become new. So, um, see, this is what I mean. Notes. Um, I... I know that this message kind of hinges on um, the acceptance of the Lord and us being able to receive his acceptance and love. And so uh, I'm just going to tell a story about me. Um, June 2019, I had an encounter with Jesus, and he uh, lifted me out of anxiety and panic attacks that were happening almost daily, if not daily. And um, it was astounding to actually go from, ah, to, wow, he just spoke a word, and I could land on that word, and I could say it to him, and, and it was, and I was new. Just like that spirit coming upon us. And uh, right after that, uh, Lord um, asked me to fast for 40 days, and, and it was, I was eating some foods and not some other foods, and I felt that the Lord gave me um, three types of foods to eat. And uh, in addition to that, he also asked me to uh, write, to sit with him every day, listen to him, and write down what he says. And... Uh, 
<laughs> the fast was so funny because uh, probably out of the 40 days, I did well about 10. That might be an exaggeration. And, uh, and so it was kind of a disaster fast. It was <laughs> kind of, it, it just didn't, at least the food part was, it just didn't work. But every day I came and I listened to what he said. There's two things that he said that were consistent to me. He said, I love you with an everlasting love. And he also said, doesn't matter what happened, come to me. And what I learned was that it, it, it didn't actually impact him. It didn't phase him. Whether I did well or whether I did poorly, he just wanted to be with me. His desire was for relationship. His desire was for connection. And uh, it's, it's uh, in between the services, uh, I had a little conversation with Aisha, and I was reminded that um, when the Lord says something to us, it really helps settle in my spirit when I say it back to him. So if he says, I love you, it's like, you love me. If he says, I'm grateful for you, you're grateful for me. If he says, um, I appreciate you, and I delight to be with you, you appreciate me, and you delight to be with me. And, and something just shifts inside. And so um, I want to do that with you, with the words that he spoke to me, and I'm going to ask you to repeat them. And it's going to be a prayer. Father God, you love me with an everlasting love, and you invite me to come to you just as I am. And as I did in the first service, I'm going to do it again, because you know when you're copying, you're repeating after somebody, you don't really know what's coming, and so you don't know I don't know. It, I always hesitate the first time. What is he going to say? Um, but let's do it again. And, and I was also going to encourage you to don't hear what I'm saying with your mind. Listen with your spirit. Because the spirit of God wants to connect with your spirit. And what he'll say is way better than what I have to say. So let's do it again. Father God, you love me with an everlasting love. And you invite me to come to you just as I am. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Um, so that ability to receive acceptance from the Lord, the Lord is key to everything else I'm going to say. Um, I read a book, and uh, Deidre asked me what it, and I was like, oh, I didn't tell you what it was called. It's called Dealing with the Rejection and the Fear of Man. It's pretty straightforward. Um, but it was a very powerful book, and it impacted my life from that point on. I couldn't ignore what I read. Um, I, I had to learn to live it. And there's been some challenges along the way. There's been some deep 
tears and and moaning and crying to the Lord as as he just started shifting and 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 sifting some things in me um, to actually show me uh, the areas where I am rejected or the areas where I look for praise. But in that book, uh, there is a phrase that was highly, highly impactful. And the phrase is, the one that you fear is the one that you will seek to please. And it's so, hmm, to me, that I'm going to say it again. The one that you fear is the one that you seek to please. And it was interesting because when I read the phrase on the page, all sorts of scenes started playing in my mind of when I desired to please the Lord and when I desired to please man. They just started playing. It's like, you know, a little film role. But what I loved was it redefined the fear of man or fear of God for me. Redefined the fear of man for me too. But it redefined the fear of God. Because I would read scriptures and I'm like, I don't know what you mean. I don't know what you mean by that. Like, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. It's like, uh, what, what does that fear feel like? What, what is that fear? But when I changed it to, um, when you seek the Lord, or seek to please the Lord, that's the beginning of wisdom. So the beginning of the wisdom comes with a desire to please the Lord. And uh, other verses... Um, uh, well, of course, the one that I really love, one of my favorite verses is, uh, the secret of the Lord is for those who please him. You just kind of shift that around with this new way of thinking, and it's like the secret of the Lord is for those who desire to please him. Are you kidding? Wow. Wow. Um, there was one scripture that I, I never really could land on before, and I would always ask the Lord, like, what, what does this actually mean? And it's a scripture about Messiah, about Jesus, and uh, it starts, well, in verse 2 of Isaiah 11, it starts with, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge, and of the fear of the Lord, and then it says of Jesus, his delight is in the fear of the Lord. And I would always like try it, try to understand because it's like, well, if your delight is in the fear of the Lord, I want my delight to be in the fear of the Lord. But, but changing the wording just a little bit, his delight is to please the Lord. Yes, we see that through the Gospels. His delight was to please his Father. And so I can, I can land on that. I can choose and seek and desire to please my father. Um, actually, Jim came up in the morning. Um, I, do you want to come up? Because he said it best. It was just, uh, again, the recognition is, it, it wasn't that he was uh, approved because he pleased the Lord. It was because he was seeking to please the Lord. This is not about your accomplishment. It's not about what you actually do. It's not about whether it works or doesn't work. It's nothing about that at all. It's about your heart attitude. 
is our is the attitude of our heart to seek to please the Lord. So the fear of the Lord, if you will, is the seeking to please the Lord. Right? So that the 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 the, the approval is in the seeking itself. And I guess I didn't mention um I read this. This is just a, a portion of the book. God accepts me when others reject me. He accepts me just as I am. He accepts me even when I blow it. He accepts me even when I sin. He accepts me regardless of my spiritual performance. He accepts me based on the finished work of Christ's cross and his shed blood. I am accepted by my Father as Jesus is his only begotten Son. And I also mentioned in the first service when Jesus was praying um, to his father in John 17, first he prayed to the father and then he prayed for his disciples and then he prayed for all that would believe. That's who we are. We are all that will believe. And he said, I am in them and you are in them, in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me. This is this is my favorite part. And that you love them, Father, as much as you love me. The love of the Father for the Son is the same as the love of the Father for us. Oh, that we may see that, and oh, that we may receive that deeply. Jesus, we just receive. We receive your love. It's so good. It's so good. Um, we cannot serve two masters. So uh, the fear of God was <laughs> one piece, but, but it, whole, it gave this new light to what the fear of man was. If I fear man, I seek to please man. And we can't actually operate, and, and Tyson's testimony was perfect. Um, if, if he's operating in the fear of man, he can't actually walk in the obedience to the Lord. He can't, act, he won't, we, won't, we don't even go towards pleasing the Lord because we're so hesitant. The fear in us makes us want to please something else. And so uh, we have the opportunity to choose to fear and please our God, to seek to please him. So in the book, uh, it first talked about rejection. And uh, I'm just going to first talk about the rejection of Jesus. Um, we often think of the rejection as on the cross. Um, but rejection happened to him his whole life. And uh, we tend to think more about the miracles. Um, you know, the, the feeding of the 5,000, the healing of the sick, the making blind eyes see, even the raising of the dead. We tend to think about those things because, uh, well, they're spectacular. And, wow, he would have been so joyful about all those things. But the whole time, he's also dealing with the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees who are always trying to trip him up. They're just looking for a way to discredit him. And uh, Isaiah 53.3 says of him, he is despised and rejected by man, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. John 1.11 
says he came to his own and his own did not receive him. You know, when I read that and I think about the fast for Israel, it's like, oh God, that there would come a time soon that your own would receive you. Yeah. Yeah. Let them know you and receive you. Jesus. And also, <laughs> because, you know, it's, well, John, John 15, 18, uh, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before you. So um, Jesus lived this perfect life. And sometimes we think if we live a really, really good life, we won't actually have to face rejection. But if we look at the example of Jesus, yeah, we will have to face rejection because he did. Because the world hated him, the world will hate us. And... Um, I'm wearing this key today uh, to remind me to say that uh, when we went to Morningstar many years ago, Curtis, what did you think? 2003. So just a little less than 20 years ago, um, the final speaker of the conference that we went to kept, uh, you know, introducing, like, he's, he, okay, tomorrow night I'm going to talk about the coming test. And it really caught my eye, or well, my spirit. It really caught my spirit. I think the spirit of the Lord just kind of landed on that for me um, and drew me in. Like, I'm, oh, what is this coming test? What is this coming test? I'm so curious about what this coming test is. And so when we got, um, and when he started speaking, he introduced the coming test, which is rejection. And I believe that it's probably more of a coming test now than it was even back then. And as I was sitting and I was listening to what he was saying, I felt that the Lord put a key into my hand. Like it, it was actually a heavy key in my hand in regards to dealing with rejection. Um, he said... When you're rejected, acknowledge that you're looking for rejection from someone else. Approval? What did I say? <laughs> no, you're not looking for rejection at all. <laughs> acknowledge that you're looking for approval from somebody else and come to me for your acceptance. Yeah. So one, one of the things that's important with dealing with rejection is forgiveness. And uh, when I was in my early 20s, the Lord started me on a process of uh, just walking backwards <laughs> through my life, through my memories. Um, and, and the Lord was asking me to forgive, step by step, all the things that had happened to me that actually landed as a wound in me. Some of those things were, eh, they were easy, you know, they, they weren't that big of a deal. They were a little bit of a wound, and, and so they were easy to, you know, God, I forgive them. Um, but some of the things were a little bit more difficult, a little harder, a little deeper. And I found myself going before the Lord, and it's like, I am having a really hard time forgiving. Jesus gave us the perfect example of how to forgive. He's on the cross 
The Roman soldiers had treated him so poorly. They had, you know, beat him and whipped him. They had done so much to him that it would take a long time to go through all that happened. And he's hanging on the cross, and he says, Father, forgive them. So the Lord actually uh, taught me that when things are difficult to forgive, I actually need to come to him. Say, Father, will you forgive them? And will you completely erase the debt against them so that you remember it no more? And the amazing thing is that when you actually have the Father forgive, it's very, very easy to follow in his footsteps and agree with forgiveness for the situations. And so I know that uh, for some, uh, rejection is something that you deal with and, and, and deal with and process. It, it always stings. Um, but for some of us, rejection has been piled on and piled on and piled on. And so we actually can be free. Like I think when, when the rejection is piled on and then somebody else rejects you, it's a way more difficult thing than when you actually deal with it each time. And someone rejects you and it's like, oh, okay, I, well, Father, forgive. I, I agree with the forgiveness. Um, and this is why I brought up how important accept, uh, acceptance is from God, is one of the other things that we need to do is to believe his acceptance of us, to fall into it. And so... Um, Yeah. When Jesus was rejected, he didn't impact him. It didn't influence him. He didn't try to avoid it. He found his complete identity in the Father's acceptance. And so can you, and so can I. So when I'm rejected, I need to learn to step back into that complete acceptance of my loving Heavenly Father to be cleansed, to be renewed, and to be satisfied by him. The other side of this is the praise of man, which I, I think I already said. It's hard when you're doing two services. At this, it's like, what did I say? <laughs> the fear of man brings a snare. That's Proverbs twenty nine twenty five. So the other way of looking at that is the desire to please man or seeking to please man, brings a snare. So I like to look at Jesus first, because he did not seek the honor of man, but, he, but what he said is, I do not receive honor from men. And I mentioned uh, Jim's mom. Uh, when she taught us that when words are spoken that don't bring life, they're actually more of a, a curse against you, uh, she would say, I don't receive that. And, and you can do that for some people and not for others. You have to be careful. You know, sometimes you just say it silently within yourself. I don't receive, I, I don't receive that. Um, and that's what it's saying. Jesus was saying, it's like, I don't receive that honor. Why? <laughs> John 2, 24. I'm going to read it in the Amplified Jesus, for his part, did not entrust himself to man because he knew all people 
like all people, and understood the superficiality and fickleness of human nature. That reminds me of Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna to the King. You're going to save us, King, King Jesus. And then shortly thereafter, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. Man, man is swayed. We are swayed by the fear of man. Um, but Jesus wasn't. Jesus wasn't swayed by the fear of man. It talks about when they were singing those Hosanna, the highest praises, the children adoring him. Um, he instead was weeping over Jerusalem because he knew what was coming. He was able to discern the Father's heart and the motivations by man because he wasn't impacted by the praise of man. Um, when we walk in the praise of man, our belief is hindered. John 5.44 says, How can you believe you who receive honor from one another but do not seek the honor that comes only from God? It's like when I'm seeking your honor, I actually can't believe even what the Lord says about me and what he says to me. Like that, that approval of God is hindered. The, the things that Jesus say are skewed if I am seeking the approval of man. And our confession is hindered. John 12, 42, 43. Uh, Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the praise of man more than the praise of God. It's pretty telling. You know, it's... <laughs> As I'm, as I'm saying this, like, recognize that I am walking through this. And I think it will be a continual walk. We will all continue to um, deal with rejection and the praise that comes from man. But more and more and more, I believe that the Lord is going to give us the ability to sink back in his acceptance. I'm going to actually read... If I can find it really quickly. This really this part of the book was so deep and impactful for me. There is something in all of us that enjoys the attention and praises of people. We like it when the bride of Christ notices us, but Jesus cannot entrust his bride to to servants who desire the bride's affection. In the book of Esther, Haggai was given the role of providing oversight of all the women, women in the king's household. As the king's eunuch, all that Haggai wanted for Esther was to be appealing to the king. He didn't try and draw her attention. Haggai was a true friend of the bridegroom. He faithfully prepared the bride for her wedding day without seeking to divert her attention or affections to himself. A true friend will never draw or even flirt with that which belongs to the bridegroom alone, her affection, her praise, and her attention. The Lord is preparing spiritual eunuchs, leaders who will be safe company for the bride of Christ, who will not desire the bride's affection, praise, or attention. 
in seeking praise, we proclaim and promote ourselves. Instead of a friend of the bridegroom, we become his competitor. Let us instead lavish all the praise on the bridegroom. So with that, um, and it's kind of funny too, because when I yearn for your acceptance, I open myself to your rejection, right? It's like this full circle. It's, it's just a continual mess. Um, so I'm reminded that uh, Jesus didn't need the praise and wasn't impacted by the rejection of man because he knew the praise of his heavenly father. His father said openly at his baptism and at his transfiguration, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Let us hear that from the father. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. This is my beloved daughter in whom I'm well pleased. God, we receive that today. So it's the same. The same way to deal with uh, rejection is the same way to deal with praise. So when someone praises you, compliments you, encourages you, feel free to say thank you. Otherwise, we're kind of pushing them away, kind of rejecting them, and that's not the intention because God is never intending us to reject each other. But after you say thank you, step back into the approval of your loving Heavenly Father. That's exactly what you do when you're rejected. Step back into the approval of your loving Heavenly Father and receive his cleansing his renewing, and satisfaction in him. Holy Spirit, we just want to camp here just for a second, just for a moment. We can sit here and hear a message like this. And it's like, oh, that's good. But God, no, I desire that this would go deep, deep in our hearts. Father, you accept us. You love us. You delight in us. Hmm. So I ask that you would give each one of us strategy in order to find that acceptance and believe that acceptance and receive that acceptance. Oh, in Jesus' name. What's the end goal? The end goal is the freedom to love. When your rejection cannot bring me down and your praise cannot inflate me, I am free to love. Do you accept and honor me? I can love you without showing you any favoritism. Do you reject me? I can love you because I'm not looking from, for ex acceptance from you, but instead from God my Father. This is the freedom that Jesus died to give us. job, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Just thank you. And then, you know. Do you know what? Being encouragers is actually a very good thing. There's nothing wrong with being encouragers, and in fact, there's a lot right with it. Um, but it is that thing around, is that what we need? 
And so just, just you know, again, that, you know, the, the, the one-minute summary then was that approval from man is no better than rejection from man. Both of them are a trap. Both of them will bring nothing but pain in the end if we're seeking them. Receiving them, that's not the point. Seeking them, that's the problem, okay? And so we don't want to be doing that, but we do want to be ex- receiving God's approval at all times. And if, if, if we look at 2 Timothy 2.15, and if we look at it in the NKJ for a moment, if we can put it on the wall, um, I, I like this version, but I'll explain why I'm so specific about it in a moment. Uh, this version says, study to show yourself approved unto God. And when we say study to show yourself approved unto God, I think we've often felt that what we're saying is if we study hard enough, God will approve us. Right? By the way, the reason I'm being so specific on the study to show you is because some of the other translations are even more confusing. They will say, diligently prepare yourself. And you're going, okay, so what are we, what are we talking about here? But if you really look at it and you go deeper, I'm going to give you the Jim par- paraphrase on it for a moment. Um, yeah, okay, so NKJ is be diligent. Okay, it's, N, uh, it's KJV that says show thyself approved, but this is good. So, thank you. Way to go. Leiluan. Okay. And so what, what if we changed it a little bit to say this? Study to show yourself that you are approved by God. Be diligent to prepare so you know you are approved by God. Because that's actually what it's saying. It's saying be prepared to know this truth. Know it Make this a bedrock foundation. You remember, you play how you practice. So if you, if, you can't, if you can't have this thing as a solid thing, then when you get assailed, when you get attacked, when rejection comes, ah, you're, you're rudderless. You're, you, you don't have a foundation. But when you have this as an absolute foundation that you know that you know that you know that this is true, hey, I am accepted by God. Did I blow my fast? Well, yeah. Did that change God's acceptance? Well, no, he knew the end from the beginning before you ever started this. In fact, before he created you, he knew you were going to blow that fast. There's, the, once again, he, God cannot be disappointed in you because you can't surprise him. Right? Okay. So, there's, the, you know, there's no unmet expectations here ever from God. So know that you are approved by God, and that way we can stand and realize we need neither to avoid the rejection of man. Sometimes the rejection of man is something God uses in our lives very specifically to point us to him. And we don't have to find approval from man at all. And the funny thing is you may have some of it or you may not. I can just about guarantee you you'll have rejection. I mean, Jesus said it. Um, so, you know, we're not seeking the approval. We're not trying to avoid rejection. We're actually just accepting and and enjoying the acceptance and approval that we get from God. Amen. Yeah, great job. Well, let's stand up to our feet. This is a huge area. We all know this, right? It's something that is hard for us even to talk about because we have dealt with different forms of rejection 
In fact, some of us may have already gone through that today, coming into this building, that very spirit that wants to come against us, right? I am not accepted. I am rejected. It is something the enemy uses as a tactic to, again, paralyze us as individuals and to cause us to start to come against one another as individuals as well. But we will not side with that spirit. In fact, today we're going to come against that spirit that wants to rule us, wants to reign over our minds, wants to create division. It wants to alter how we're supposed to move in our call with our God. I shared in the morning service, this is what a lot of churches have even done. Our fear of rejection from the public and the people. So we've abandoned a call because we don't want to be rejected by people. We are going to be rejected by people. So right now, we need to get our hearts and our spirits in line with the Father. So when those moments come, just like Gaylene said, right, we'll be able to stand up and say, I continue to go forward because I know who I am to him. A chosen generation, right? A royal priesthood, a child of the Most High King. That's who I am. But those thoughts want to rule your mind. Those thoughts want to own you. It doesn't matter whether it's at work, whether it's at church, wherever you are. I just sense the Father saying right now, I can come and break that right now in Jesus' name. And when the enemy comes, and which he does again and again, he plants a seed. That's what he does. Throws it at you, and you have a choice. Just like in worship, right? When we're in there. As a man thinks, so he is. Right? You can join in with that. Or you just say, no, in Jesus' name. No, in Jesus' name. So, Father God, right now, just put your hands, your hearts, your head, I don't care, whatever you need to do. Especially if this is something you struggle with, man. If that were, We all do. Let's just be honest, okay? We all do. Okay, let's get that one out. We all do. So, Father, right now, we just come in the name of Jesus Christ. We put our hands on our heads and we say, Father, transform our minds, our way of thinking, where we draw on these worldly systems, these worldly structures that we think are going to help us. But there's one place that we come to. It's before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's before our Savior. And we ask, renew, renew these minds in Jesus' name. Renew these bodies. And God, I, I say it in the name of Jesus Christ, break that fear of rejection. May it be gone in Jesus' name. Break it. Destroy it. Destroy it. That very thing that keeps us from walking in buildings, visiting with people, connecting with people. Break it in the name of Jesus Christ. What if they don't like me? What if they don't love me? What if I say something wrong? So what? We go forward in the name of Jesus Christ. Break it. Break it. Break it. Break it. And break it in Jesus' name. Can we say amen? This does not get to hold on to us unless you give it the power. So don't give it the power. It does not own you. I feel it. Like even today, I I just feel it. It's with us wherever we go, nagging at us. We will not yield to it in Jesus' name. Uh -uh, uh Uh-uh, uh-uh. Amen. Good job, Gaylene. Jim only came up one, well, twice. This is good. Okay, 
there is power in the words that were spoken today. And I hope you are going to take the scripture, the breathed word of God, and apply it to your journey and to your life. Right? He can shift everything. We yield to you, Father, in Jesus' name. So everybody watching online, we pray a blessing over you. We pray the same thing over every single one of you right now, that God will free your minds and your hearts and break that rejection. We pray a blessing over everybody in this room. We pray healing over everybody in this room. We pray for financial breakthrough for everybody in this room. And whatever other needs are represented, you can do it in Jesus' name. Be blessed. Be encouraged.